Have you ever failed Jesus repeatedly? When you did, how did that make you feel? In times like those, we want to turn back to Jesus, but, but what would He say? And in fear and uncertainty, sometimes we allow our prayer lives to be hindered. Our relationships, we allow to go by the wayside. Sometimes we return to our old habits for comfort's sake. After all, how could Jesus ever take sinners like us back? And yet at times like these, there is a Bible character which provides comfort for me, and that character is Peter. When I think about Peter, I wonder how on earth could the Lord take Peter back? hear this brash, arrogant disciple who told him, if everyone else falls away, Lord, I'm going to die for you. And yet, instead of dying for the Lord, he started denying the Lord. How could Jesus take him back? Amazingly, that's exactly what he did. And when we look in John chapter 21... Verses 15 through 23. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 23. We see the intimate conversation between Jesus and between, and Peter. In which Jesus called him back to his side and commissioned him to work. And as we examine this text, we'll notice two amazing things. Number one, we'll be able to See and be comforted by the amazing love that Jesus has for us, His disciples, even when we fail. And then we'll also notice the love that He expects of us when we return. Turn to John 15 and John 21 and notice beginning at verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord... You know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. I want us to notice the great love that Jesus has for his disciples even when they fail. 
The first thing that we recognize from this text with Peter is that Jesus still wants us in His family. He still wants us on His side even after we have failed Him. Peter, of course, was not the one who brought the soldiers into the garden that night. But was Peter's betrayal any less? After so boldly proclaiming his sacrificial love for Jesus that he would die even if everyone else scattered, he came to the trial and three times told folks he didn't even know who Jesus was. He wasn't one of his disciples. How could Jesus take him back? Because he loved him. Even with all of that, Jesus wanted Peter to stay on his side, and he loved Peter, and he wanted Peter to work for him and be a part of his team, his family, his church, being one of his apostles. He took Peter back. If Jesus could take Peter back, He can take us back. Have you ever felt the reality of sin in your life? I know I have. Have you ever wondered, how on earth can I be on Jesus' side? How can He still love me and take me back into His fold? Considering all these awful things I've done, even after I knew better. Peter stands as a great example that Jesus will take us back. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. John said, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter what we've done, if we'll humble ourselves before the Lord, come back to Him, confessing our sins. He still loves us. He still died for us. He still wants us on His side. And He will take us back. What amazing love Jesus has for us. Secondly, as we look at the love of Jesus, we find out in John chapter 21 that Jesus will accept us where we are. Now, this is an amazing thing. Because where we are typically is not all that good. But here in this text, we find one of the very few places where part of the point is lost in the translation. Because as we see this conversation between Jesus and Peter, as we examine it closely, we find out that Jesus and Peter were actually using two different words for love. Jesus begins by using the word agapeo. Peter responds by using the word phileo. Both of these are Greek words for love. Both of them are very intense and very strong. Vines tells us that the difference between these two is not in intensity. This is not, as some have suggested, Jesus saying, do you love me? And Peter saying, yes, Lord, you know I really like you a lot. That's not what's happening here. But rather, there's a more subtle difference between these terms. The term agapeo has the idea of a self-sacrificing, serving love that says, I will do anything for you. 
Phileo has more of the idea of a relational love. A love that says, I esteem you and I adore you above all things. You are so important to me. They're both very strong terms. But they're different terms. And as we read through this conversation again, I want you to notice how these terms were used. Jesus begins by saying, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Using the term agapeo. Will you sacrifice more than these? In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 33, Peter had been very willing to say that he loved Jesus more than these, that he would sacrifice when no one else would. In Matthew 26, 33, Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. I'll die for you. But on this day, Peter had been humbled. Peter was not willing to make the claim that he would do anything and everything because he already knew he was a failure at that. And so he responded to Jesus, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. As if to say, you know you are the most important thing in my life. I esteem you above all other things. You know I love you. But Jesus didn't say to him, Peter, that's not good enough. Instead, he responded with the question a second time, but this time without the comparison, without talking about more than these. He said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Again, Agatha, will you serve me? doing anything and everything I ask. But once again, Peter is not willing to step up to the challenge. He's seen his failure. And he says to Jesus, Lord, you know that I love you. It's almost as if Peter is saying, Lord, you know that you are the most important thing to me. I have seen you above all other things, but frankly, I'm just not certain that I can do everything you've asked. Look at how I say that. But Jesus didn't say to Peter, Peter, that's not going to cut it. He responded again the third time with the question, but this time he used the different term. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Using Philemon. Peter was grieved, perhaps because the repeated question three times brought to him again the three times he denied Christ. But Peter responds, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You know I esteem and revere you. Jesus was willing to accept Peter where he was. That's phenomenal. Because Peter wasn't willing to say all that Jesus wanted him to say. The same is true with us. Jesus will accept us where we are. You know, the number one concern that new converts have expressed, either right before I've baptized them or right after, is the concern that I don't think I can cut it. I don't think I can do it. God is asking too much of me. Despite their intent not to sin, they're certain they're going to sin again. And Jesus asks of us complete, total, utter surrender and sacrifice to His will. Who among us believes that we're going to do that perfectly? despite our best intents. But here's the great thing. Jesus will not keep us out of His fold just because we have not been conformed to the image of Christ yet. We come into Christ's fold because we love Him and want to be like Him. And even still, even now, we are growing 
to be more like Him. And Jesus accepts us. That's why Jesus died. Look in Second Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Christianity is about growth. It's about becoming more and more like Christ, and He will accept us where we are and help us to grow to be what we ought to be. The third thing we notice about Jesus' love for us is that Jesus has a place for us. He has a work for us. Despite Peter's failure, and despite the fact that Peter, even at this point in time, was unwilling to step up to the plate and say all that Jesus wanted him to say, Jesus still had a job for him. He was going to be one of the apostles. He was going to be a leader in the church. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep if you really love me. If I'm really that important to you, if you really esteem me above all others, then Peter, do this for me. Take care of my people. He had a job for him. How many of us at times consider how we have utterly failed our Lord in times past and we think to ourselves, what can I do? There's no work for me. How could God use me? How could the Lord use me in His kingdom? But we learn from Peter, if He can use Peter, He can use us. He has a place for us. He has a work for us. We can be a part of His family. We can serve Him. And Jesus has a work for us wanting us to stop looking backwards at our sins and start looking forward at what we can do for Him now. As Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are ahead, are behind, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forget those things that are behind. Focus on what's ahead. And just do God's will. And He has a place for it. He can use us. And Jesus loves us and will give us a clear picture of success. Look at verse 18 again in John 21. In John 21 and 18, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This He spoke, signifying by what death He would glorify God. Now, we might find that a little bit morbid here. In fact, we may wonder, why is Jesus bringing that up? Peter has already demonstrated he's not sure he can cut it, and now Jesus is showing him this great sacrifice that he's ultimately going to have to give. But let's think about this from another angle. What is actually taking place here? Remember Peter's failure? He said, Lord, I'll die with you. But when push came to shove, he failed. And Jesus here tells him, 
Peter, you failed me in the past. I know that. And you're not willing right now to say that you'll do it. Loving me, sacrificing all for me. But I'm telling you, Peter, most assuredly, a day is coming when you will not fail me. You will live up to this promise that you've made. And you will sacrifice. You will succeed. You will be all that you have wanted to be. And all that I expect of you, you'll succeed. What a great picture of success. And Jesus does the same thing for us. As we look at our lives and look at all our failures and all the things that we do wrong, Jesus consistently through His Word provides the picture of success for us. He constantly is encouraging us, letting us know that we can do it. We can serve Him. We can be what He wants us to be. And we will be as we grow in Christ. Peter's story is one of those times when he's letting us know that we can be successful. If Peter could, so can we. But there's other passages, like the first John 1, 8 and 9, that allows us and helps us to recognize that when I sin, I can turn back to God. And what about Romans chapter 8? Romans chapter 8. This is a lengthy passage, but Romans 8, 28. In Romans 8, 28, Paul said, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. Whom He called, these He also justified. And whom He justified, these He also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall we not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As long as we continue to return to Him and submit to Him and humble ourselves before Him, loving our Lord, Paul says we will be conformed to His image. God's predestined that. That those who love Him will be conformed to the image of His Son. And that nothing can separate us from our God. And is there a picture of success? If you love God and you want to continue serving Him and you continue to grow, God is telling you, you will succeed. And He gives us this picture of success. What awesome love God has for us. He'll take us back. He'll push us forward. He'll provide a picture of success. But what about the love that we ought to have for Him? The first thing we notice about the love that He expects of us in John chapter 21 is that He expects us to follow Him, sacrificing ourselves for Him. When all of this conversation was done, Jesus told Peter, follow Me. 
sacrificing yourself for me. Of course, with Peter, that would ultimately end in the sacrifice of his life. He would die for Jesus. But Peter's sacrifice was not just in death. Peter had to sacrifice himself in life. Jesus here told him, your job from now on out, feed my sheep. Your job is not to look out for yourself, to look out for your own ends. Your job is to look out for others, my children. Feed my sheep. Take care of them. Sacrifice yourself in accomplishing that. And that's what Jesus expects of us too. He expects us to sacrifice ourselves for Him. Look in Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Romans 12, 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what Jesus expects of us. He sacrificed Himself for us. He now wants us to sacrifice ourselves for Him. And it may be one day in death that He wants us to start sacrificing ourselves for Him right now in life. Following His will and not our own. Doing what He would have us do and not focus on our pleasures and happiness in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave himself for me. Now he wants us to give ourselves for him. As much as he's loved us, I think he deserves it. Secondly, Jesus expects us to feed His sheep. When He talked to Peter three times, He said to him, He said, Tend my, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. That was Peter's job. And He expects that of us as well. I know that we're not apostles. We don't have the same role that Peter had, certainly. And yet we find out from the Bible that our responsibility as Christians is to love others. In fact, we cannot love God if we do not love His children. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 20. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he's not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Jesus expects that from all of us. We must love our brethren. We must take care of one another. Look in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 and verse 2. Our duty is not looking out for our good, but looking out for the good of others. In Romans 15, 2, Paul said, Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. We can look in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Beginning at verse 2, the scripture, at verse 3, the scripture there says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. This is what Jesus expects of us, to take care of his sheep. If we love him, that's what we'll do. We'll look out for one another. Thirdly, the love that Jesus expects of us 
Jesus expects us to do our duty even when we don't feel like it. Here was Peter. Unwilling and unable to say, Jesus, I'll do everything you ask of me. He just doesn't think he can cut. He doesn't feel like he'll be able to do what Jesus wants. And yet, whether it was Jesus said agapeo or he said phileo, whether he was challenging Peter or accepting him where he was, the responsibility was still the same. Feed my sheep. He didn't back off on that. He didn't say, all right, Peter, one day when you're willing to say, you agapeo me, then feed my sheep. So right now, where you are, do your job, no matter how you feel. Whether you think you can accomplish it or not, just do it. And that's what he says to us. No matter how we feel. Whether we feel like we can accomplish what Jesus is asking of us or not. Whether we feel like obeying or not. Jesus says what He said in John 14, 15, If you love Me, keep My commandments. Do your duty. And whether we're able to say, I love you, Agapeo, or if we're like Peter, you're more important to Me, but I'm just not sure I can, I, I can do it. Our job is still to keep His commandments. No matter how we feel. That's our love for the Lord. And finally, the love that He asks of us. Don't be distracted by the others around us. Focus on serving Jesus. There in verse 19 through 22 of John 21, we find that Peter sees John, the Apostle. And he wants to know about him. What's he going to do, Lord? Is he going to be like me? Is he going to do more than me, less than me? Is he going to sacrifice himself? Is he going to die? What's going to happen to him? Jesus says, if I want him to stay till I come, what's that to you? You do what I said. You follow me. You focus on me. Don't spend your time worrying about the other disciples and how I'm going to use them, Peter. You follow me. And he says the same thing to us. We would do so much better if we wouldn't spend our time comparing ourselves to others and worrying about whether or not they're better at something than we are or whether or not we're better at something than they are. We shouldn't spend our time worrying about whether or not they can do something we can't or we can do something they can't. We need to just do what we can do following Jesus, not getting distracted by how Jesus is using others. We need to just follow the Lord serving Him to the best of our ability. You remember the parable of the talents in Matthew 15? Matthew 25? Beginning in verse 14, the master left and left one servant with five talents, one with two and one with one. What was their responsibility? Was their responsibility to complain about how some had more or some had less? Was their responsibility to sit back and, and worry about who could do more, who could do less? No, their responsibility was to use what they had. Obeying the Master. And that's exactly where we are. What can you do? Do it. Don't worry about if somebody else can do more. Don't spend your time thinking about all the things that you can't do that they can't. Do what you can. Serve God. Obey Him. Follow Jesus. 
That's the love that He expects from us. It's a challenge, isn't it? It's challenging to sacrifice ourselves for Jesus, to sacrifice ourselves to feed His sheep, to do our duty even when we don't feel like it. This is a challenge. And yet the love that Jesus has demonstrated for us comforts us when we don't meet the challenge and helps draw us back so that we can move on and meet the challenge tomorrow. Isn't it amazing? I'm certainly glad that Jesus allowed us to witness this very intimate conversation between He and a failed disciple because it lets me know the conversation that He'll have with me when I come to Him. Would you pull out your songbooks, please? 